0: G'day, I'm Stephen Page from Page Proven Family and Fertility Lawyers in Brisbane. You're listening to the Australian uh, Family and Fertility Law Podcast. What you're about to listen to uh, is the audio version of a video that I've recorded that you'll find, uh, if you want to see the video version, uh, on the Page Proven website. But in the meantime, enjoy enjoy this uh, listening to my voice. Uh, I hope you find it informative, uh, and if you've got any inquiries, of course, please contact us. G'day, I'm Stephen Page from Page Program Family and Fertility Lawyers. Now, you'll see a lot of stuff on, a lot of videos on the website about me talking about fertility law. And you may think, oh, that's all I do. No, no, no. I've been doing family law since 1985. I got admitted in 87, But in 1985, when I got out of uni, lo and behold, I'm, I'm launched into family law and I've been there ever since. And it's something I love doing. I love helping people resolve their fights, get on with their lives about money and their kids. And one thing that comes up that just eats away every time without fail is how much it costs. So one of the things that's happened and I just want to talk about today is about costs. Most of the time, there won't be a costs order against you or the other party in family law. Now that's not an absolute rule. I certainly have obtained costs orders uh, in a parenting matter, 10 years ago, I got a cost order of $200,000 against, against the, uh, the wife when I acted for the husband. And a few years before that, I got an order for I think about $150,000 against the husband in property proceedings and parenting proceedings. And obtained other cost orders, of course, but these were big ones, and in circumstances where most of the time they aren't made because costs orders under the Family Law Act are made as a matter of discretion. And the usual rule is each party bears their own costs. Sometimes when matters are delayed, the court will order the party who caused the delay to meet the costs. Sometimes if offers are made, particularly in property matters, and the other side rejects the offer, and lo and behold, the first party gets a better deal than they, than they put in their offer, they'll get a cost sorter. I remember some years ago, I had a matter where the other side brought an application, which I just thought was silly. And on we trundled about property settlement, where I thought that what the husband was seeking to do, which is to set aside an earlier order made for property settlement because there'd been a minor procedural defect by the lawyer concerned, not me, I might add, but by that lawyer. Therefore, he thought, oh, I can go go to the court and ask for something. He was asking for less than he already got. Well, that was pretty silly, wasn't it? That's how I took it. And I, and I pointed this out to, to his lawyers repeatedly in the matter. And what did they do? Kept trundling on. Well, no surprise that the court made a significant costs order in favour of my client. And she got her money. Family lawyers have obligations to clients to tell you about how your matter's going. And these obligations arise in two ways. The first is, under the legislation that governs client agreements, or sometimes called costs agreements, between lawyers and their clients, so solicitors and their clients, we must make disclosure. We must tell you how much, in a meaningful way, this matter's going to cost. And it's an estimate. We can't be precise, in most cases, But the intent is to give it a red-hot go so that if you're burning your cash you have an idea about how much you're burning on the way through and then can make a decision about is this value for money and how does that amount that I'm spending add up to what my entitlement might be on property settlement a late colleague said many years ago that when he gave clients advice about the range between something small and something big that they might be entitled to on property settlement, his clients always remembered the maximum amount they were gonna get, not the minimum. And when he told his clients about the range of costs from minimum to maximum, Lo and behold, they always remember the minimum costs, not the maximum. So maximum entitlement remembered and minimum cost remembered. You've got to factor the two together. But there is this obligation to make a full and frank disclosure by lawyers to clients and to keep clients updated. What's happened though is that many solicitors haven't done that. They just haven't. And so what then happened is that what is now the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia has taken matters into its own hands. And what it said is that in addition to the obligations of lawyers under state laws, we're gonna impose an obligation under this federal law so that at every step, of the proceedings, two business days before you have this occasion in court, whether it's a directions hearing or it's a family dispute resolution or it's a conciliation conference or it's an interim hearing or it's a final hearing or whatever it is, the lawyer has to advise as to costs. Now, there's an exception. The exception is if it's legal aid. If you're legally aided, then it gets done at the trial, but not beforehand. But everyone else has to set out how much you've incurred, how much it's likely to be until conclusion. And the point of doing that is so that you know and you can make an informed decision. And what happens with this notice? Not only is it given to the client but it's given to the court and to the other parties. So if there's one other party, it goes to that, one other party, if there's two, it goes to both. And then what happens? Well, when I see the notice from the other side, I go, oh, that's how much they've spent. Typically, they'll have spent more. Sometimes they'll have spent less. But I have an idea. And the more that's spent, typically you think the higher the chance of settlement. Because if you're spending that kind of money, you'd rather spend that in compromise with your ex than payment of lawyers. Some of my colleagues have said that in cases they've had, for every dollar that they've estimated to their clients as to how much they've incurred, the other side have estimated three. So three to one spend. It's illuminating to see this stuff. But more importantly, if you are in the midst of this, you can follow this through and keep informed so you're not in the dark, you can make informed decisions, including to settle. Recently, I was asked by Television Education Network to talk about this issue and it's about the, we- the cost being the weapon of choice before the courts. So I spoke at their conference, I prepared a paper, and the paper is on my website, stephenpage.com.au, as well as on the Page Proven website. Go and have a read of it. It sets all this out in much greater length, I'm afraid to say, than what I've said out here. As part of the preparation for that paper, I spoke to a registrar, a Division 1 judge, and a Division 2 judge. And they told me how matters were going. One of the things that struck me in talking to those judges was that when uh, lawyers talk about property settlement matters and give these notices, we must set out the source of funds of the client to pay for those costs. Sadly, that is often honoured in the breach. Presumably because clients don't tell their lawyers what funds they're using. So have a look at the paper. It's easy to find. Good luck. Be careful about how you manage your costs. Thank you.